faith is a personal cry that Jesus has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person without him. That he is renewed, that he is reclaimed, that he is reconciled me personally to the God of heaven. Faith is a cry that I am a beloved child of the great I am because of the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast for Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California. If you brought your Bible with you this morning, if you didn't, there's one in the pew in front of you. Open up to Matthew 25. If you brought your device today, if you didn't, there's one in the pocket next to you. No, no, no. But pull up Matthew 25 today. This is the third week in a row we're going through the three parables of Matthew 25. Pastor Mark and Pastor Kyle respectively have already covered those first two parables. That of the 10 bridesmaids, that of the talents. But all three parables share an underlying theme that is overtly seen. And that is the return of the groom, the master, the shepherd, king. Now, if you were with us three weeks ago, maybe you remember at the very beginning of worship, right at the welcome, we took a little survey to set the stage for these three parables. That survey was one simple question. How many of you think the world is getting crazier by the day? Now, if you weren't here, or if you were and you want to share the answer again, let's just check. How many of you think the world is getting crazier by the day? That's about much, someone just said much faster than by the day, right? That's about the same percentage, pretty high percentage. And you'll remember that, that with that uh, positive affirmation of what is probably considered a negative question, getting crazier by the day, uh, we started this series with a salutation, normal's not coming back, but Jesus is. It's the overt underlying theme of each one of these parables. The return of the groom, the return of the master, the return of the shepherd king. And each of these parables also has a subordinate theme, if you will, and that is how the bridesmaids, the servants, the sheep, goats, citizens of the nation spent their time while they waited the return of said groom, master, shepherd, king. And then there's maybe what I want to call the, the, covert, the, the covert theme. The, the blink and you miss it. If you're not paying attention, you might not grasp it theme. And that is the trio of tales all contain a surprise factor. Think back to that first parable. The bridesmaids, half of them, the ones without oil specifically, were surprised to find out that they couldn't enter the reception. They weren't welcome to the marriage feast based on the possession of another. Share us your oil. We've run out, they replied. Surprise! We're not going to give you ours. You got to have your own. Go buy some. Second parable, one servant 
A third of them believed that the master was a hard, cruel, skinflint who uh, enriched himself at the expense of his servants' labors. I know the kind of person you are, he said. That's why I hid the talent you gave me. Here's what you entrusted to me. Take it. Surprise! That's not the kind of person he is at all. He is a kind person who said, share to the other pair your master's happiness. And finally, the entire population, the whole flock, sheep and goat alike, were surprised to find out that the Lord who was absent was still actually present in everyone else on the planet. Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or in prison and come to your aid? Or conversely, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or in need and ignore your plight? As often as you did it or didn't do it, for one of the least of these, my brothers, you have done it or not done it unto me. All three parables, at least that's my contention for this morning's sermon, uh, share a little bit of the surprise factor in them. And surprise, 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 the end result is there should be no surprises among us. Why? Because of what the pretend parabolic people learned. Remember, let's set the stage again. Parables are simply stories that Jesus crafts using everyday, easily accessible things to relate to. So he can paint a divine picture. He can present a divine promise. He can reveal a divine truth. And in each one of these three parables, the pretend parabolic people, therefore, who perhaps never even existed, come to discover something through a great surprise. But since we're real people, pinch the person next to you to prove that you are real. No, don't do that. Since we are real people who are actually reading these parables, the end result is there ought be no surprises here. Let's return to that first parable briefly. While half of the bridesmaids were surprised, there is no surprise among us, is there? To the truth that one cannot enter the marriage feast of the Lamb, one cannot go into the reception hall of heaven based on the possession of faith of someone else. While it is true that there are no Lone Ranger Christians, the Reformation's cry was not sola priestola, just you and Jesus. Uh, you were brought into the priesthood of all believers. Faith brings us into a community, makes us members of the body of Christ. But faith is at the same time as personal as it gets. Faith is a personal cry that Jesus has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person without him. That he is renewed, that he is reclaimed, that he is reconciled me personally to the God of heaven. Faith is a cry that I am a beloved child of the great I am. 
because of the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So at the end, knocking on the door, let me in. Grandpa sat in the pew every Sunday. Let me in. Mom loved and feared and trusted you will not do. The divine truth revealed in this parable is that the oil, the spirit, symbolic of the gift of faith, is to be each and every one of ours personally. And through that gift, there is a promise of an eternity that awaits. A marriage feast. A heavenly reception. No surprise there. Second parable. It's a third of the servants. One of the three. Who believed that the master was a bitter miser. A sovereignly scrooge, if you will. But the parable painted a different picture, didn't it? Actually, he was a merciful master, an altruistic authority who bestowed grace upon grace, who gave generously and allowed others to share in his labor because they already shared in his good pleasure. They were his. Well done, good and faithful servant is followed with the sentence, you heard Pastor Kyle preach it, Share in your master's happiness. They didn't earn it. They didn't deserve it. They didn't claim it because of their investment of his gift. It was given out of graciousness and love by a master who is kind and generous. That ought not surprise us. Which brings us to today's parable, the one that some people call the parable of the sheep's and the goats. And here we find a, an entire group of people who, who are waiting for the shepherd king's return and discovering that while he is gone, he is still present here. And everyone who is here. When, Lord, some said, did we or didn't we care for you? The answer was the same every time. When you cared for anyone or failed to do the same, you cared for or failed to do the same for me. It ought not surprise us at the words that the shepherd says, but it might surprise us at what the shepherd notices. Did you notice what the shepherd noticed or didn't notice? In regards to the goats, the only thing the shepherd noticed was failed opportunity. In regard to the sheep, the only thing he saw was blessed response. So that you don't get a concept and you don't cast aspersions. For the goats, the only thing he saw was failed opportunity. For the sheep, the only thing he noticed was blessed response. Lord, when did we? Lord, when did we not? What you have done or failed to do for the least of these, you have done or failed to do unto me. Now, it doesn't surprise you at the way the Scripture talks about sheep, right? Some of the big themes, they, they love to wander. How many of you are familiar with that kind of ideal? It's one that the prophets speak about. My sheep wander all over the hillsides. They depart from my way. 
Sheep go astray. That's one you're familiar with, right? The apostle talks like that. Like sheep, we have all strayed and gone our own path. It's equally unsurprising how the scripture speaks about the shepherd. Wolves come to steal, kill, and destroy. The shepherd has come that he might grant life, life to the full. In fact, he grants that life by laying down his life for his sheep that he knows by name, and they know his voice and follow him. The shepherd comes to wash away all the sheep's going astray. The shepherd comes not only to lead them in the way, but to be their way. And to say of them, all I see in you is my own righteousness and holiness and graciousness. There are some things that are probably not normal in these parables. It is not normal in a fallen world. It is not normal for general humanity, at least I don't think so, to kind of look at a calendar and say, this means the end is coming. It is not normal, standard operating procedure for all people on the planet to say, all the things I have belong to someone else. They're just entrusted to me for his pleasure and his glory. It is not normal operating procedure for all the people of the world to simply say, when I look at you, I see Jesus. But those are normal things for his people. To look at the calendar and say, all things are coming to an end. To look at our own possessions and say, they're simply God's things entrusted to me so that I might use them for him. And to look at the people sitting next to you, living across the street from you, working in the cubicle around you and saying, in that person, I see Jesus and an opportunity to serve. Normal's not coming back, people. But Jesus is. And until he does, may we who cling to him personally in faith seek to serve him by serving all those around us. Let's pray. Almighty God, groom of your bride, the church, gracious master of we, your servants, king of the nations, good shepherd of this flock assembled here, the lambs of the fold, the sheep of your hand. We pray that you would grant us great joy in serving you, whose coming draws near whose second advent we anticipate. I ask that you would strengthen us to do so in using our gifts and our talents to bless you by seeing you in those who use in our gifts and our talents to serve. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening today. A video archive of our online worship services, including today's message, can be found on our YouTube channel and at www.bethanylutheran.org. 
Links for both of these are in the show notes. If you would like to support this podcast or the ministry of Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California, you can text the word GIVE to 562-210-0463. That's GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 562-210-0463. We pray that you have a wonderful and blessed week.